Well, here we all are again. Thanks for coming back. Last week, we brought you the first part of our celebration of New Wave albums with our incredible guests, New Wave pioneer Peter Godwin and the magnificent singer-songwriter Leah Lane, who together make up the new duo Regeneration. In this episode, we share more of our conversation with Peter and Leah, we play some more new music, and we talk about our number three through number one New Wave album choices. So grab yourself a Crystal Pepsi, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of Only Three Lads' Top 5 New Wave Albums. Only Three Lads, Episode 168, Top 5 New Wave Albums, Part 2, with Peter Godwin and Leo Lane. Ready to hop back into the list, Greg? Let's do it. My number three, uh, Peter already mentioned them. And uh, this was one of those early bands on MTV where, guys, I've talked about this a million times if you listen to this podcast before. Grew up in Phoenix, 70s, 80s. Here's what you had on radio. You had what we now call classic rock with the Yes and Leonard Skinner and all that stuff. And then we had country music, which is, you know, about your dog, your truck, your heartbreak. And we had Dodger games. So that was basically it. So when MTV came into my world when I was young, just about seventh grade, I uh, listened to all this great new wave music that just bribed my horizons. And this was one of the bands, Split Ends, True Colors, their 1980s album, had to make my list. (laughs) Now we're soulmates, Leah. Yes. (laughs) There you go, Brett. (laughs) So excited. I love this album myself. Oh, I Got You was the song Mm. that just sucked me in and... uh, Love this album. Had to make my list, and I'm glad that uh, Leah is on board. I don't go out. I mean, I Got You is a great track, and... Um that font of talent that is split ends, if you know what I mean, and everything that comes of it is is very special. Absolutely. I did not have that pick for you, Greg. So Wow. Okay, there you go. Well, hey, you're batting 660 right now, <laughs> so that's pretty good. That's Hall of Fame. All right, uh, Leah, number three. My number three, Peter, is probably going to disagree with, or maybe not, I don't know. But my number three is the 1980 record, Terminal Jive by Sparks. This was actually the first Sparks album that I ever heard. I didn't hear Mother Nature or This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us or Angst in My Pants. I heard this album. This was my introduction to Sparks, which is a kind of rare thing because this is considered their biggest flop album of all time. (laughs) But it is my favorite. It is absolutely my favorite. It's quintessential pop music. You know, after this record, they did music that you can dance to because the record companies told them that they needed to write music that people could dance to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in classic Sparks fashion, they did. But I feel like that album is a bit contrived. And, you know, this album feels to me 
like Sparks, but with the kind of production and, and the, the forward momentum of the year 1980. I love Terminal Jive. I will die on the hill that it's one of their best <laughs> albums. Uh, there's amazing songs off of it. And, you know, we were going to cover When I'm With You for our yeah, cover series, yeah. but we ended up uh, going with Middle of the Night. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair trade. Yeah, it is a fair trade and, a, and arguably a much better song. But I had to put Sparks on this list mainly because they are finally now getting much more recognition than they ever have. And, you know, the recognition they deserve with, you know, the, uh, I think it was Edgar Wright did that documentary about them yeah. and, you know, and so now they're touring again and they're putting out, I mean, they never stopped putting out music, but you know, Sparks is your favorite band's favorite band a lot of the time. You know, they're, it's a lot like Metro in the way that like, you know, Bowie knew Metro, but maybe not the masses knew Metro. So yeah. Sparks, deserves more recognition even now and so yes it might not be anyone's favorite record but it's mine and so yeah terminal drive i will jump in on that but not to say you have no right to make that your favorite sparks album <laughs> because you have every right but it's for me i was so blown away again because it's you know when suddenly kimono my house arrived with that extraordinary voice extraordinary image amazing songs such wit you know so you know such such a a gift with with language and and, and humor and uh, and and satire i mean they were just so they were so intelligent you know oh and i i must cut in and also say there's another fabulous sparks album that no one ever talks about which is interior design so everyone should also go listen to interior design anyway done <laughs> I, th I think I would be really happy for anyone to listen to all of their work because they truly are a very special act, you know, and they've, they've kept at it. Yes. And whether you like this period or that period, more or less, I think, you know, just the sound they make and the fact that they can still deliver it on stage. You know, that voice is still there. That, you know, Russell's voice is still there. Extraordinary. And I, I saw them live right at the beginning and I was like, wow. It was like when I first saw Roxy Music. I put them together in my mind a little you know, that they were just extraordinary, different way, a different, whole different idea of approaching vocals, you know, not just a different voice, but it's a whole different approach, you know, and just this I, wonderful thing of this, the, 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 this sort of musician writer with his perfect interpreter in one act, never to be repeated, impossible to copy. And that kind of intuition built in from being brothers. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, absolutely special act. Their new record. I've only listened to it once so far. The girl is crying in her latte or something like that. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really good. But probably my favorite thing that Sparks has done this century <laughs> so was actually the album they did with. I or, knew you, know, you were going to say that. I knew I, you were going to say that. My I love friend, that record. <laughs> my friend loves that record mainly because she just loves Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. I've, listened to, I've listened to it a couple of times. It's great. Um, I'm just not a huge Franz Ferdinand fan. I would just throw in that when they got together with Moroda, once again, they two, yeah. two geniuses made something exceptional. Number one song in heaven kind of was like, wow, where did that come from? You know, I remember that being played right. around the clubs and it was, you know, like the Blitz and, uh, and the Beetroot and all these clubs of the day. And, and everyone was like blown away, you know, because they already knew Sparks, but they didn't expect that, you know, and beat, beat the clock. Yeah. And Terminal Jive was the follow up to 
number one in heaven, right? It is, so, it is yeah. I don't know. I think it was all relative, right? I mean, after coming off of such a massive record and one that was, you know, had pop sensibility and disco and all that, and then maybe Terminal Jive was not quite all that. Well, hey, man, look, you're talking to somebody... <laughs> You're talking to somebody who spends like the majority of my time these days listening to like yacht rock. So, (laughs) so like, I'm going to, I'm going to love terminal drive. I jokingly said to a friend of mine, um, about a year ago when he was asking me essentially what happened to you? Cause I used to be a death rocker. (laughs) And I I was like, I was like, listen, man, I was like, listen, man. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. It's Christopher Cross, and you know who, yep. who helped produce that record? Michael McDonald, who is my favorite person in the world. <laughs> he said, "What happened to you?" And I said, "Look, man, I'm 25 years old. I'm getting older. I don't have time to listen to people who don't know how to play their instruments anymore, and I don't want to listen to music that asks anything of me at this point in my life." <laughs> So all of this is a joke, but it's kind of true. I've been in a heavy yacht rock phase, so maybe I'm just not cool anymore. And maybe number one song in heaven just is, is just too cool for me. And that's why I like Terminal Jive. But that's just where I'm at right now. Hey, well, it does have rock and roll people in a disco world. So, hey, you, you got that. Any Sparks choice is welcome here. All right, Peter. Um, okay, well, I've, I've jumped in with um, the Human Leagues Travelogue. Once I went back to it again, because I thought, I'm going to just remind myself, I've always been absolutely blown away by being boiled. It's just something about the rawness of that track. And it's, it, it was kind of an innovative, innovative sound, that and their version of You've Lost That Loving Feeling, which is around the same time. When I went back to it, I have to say, honestly, that if I was just going to pick an album that is, you know, across the tracks, the best new wave album without a big emphasis on the word new wave, but just on more of an emphasis on the word album, I might have chosen Dare. Because even though it's very obvious in a way, those two, when Martin Russian got his hands on, you know, Phil Oakey and, uh, you know, something happened, you know, and uh, Love Action was instantly like, oh my God, yeah, this is so cool. You know, and even don't you want me, baby, with the you know the what we used to call the Woolworths girls. You know, like, like a couple. You got the, not the best singers in the world. You get a couple of shop girls that look like your fans. You know, to sing to sing along, and it was just so perfect. Right. And I've seen them recently. I they were at the uh, W Fest uh, show that I introduced. They weren't there when I was the same day I was there when I played the show. But all I can tell you is that they'd still do a fantastic live show. Philokies charismatic, his voice is still the same, the whole thing. It's, so they're still great. And I might even like maybe replace my systems, sorry, my travel order, beg your pardon, with there, uh, if I'm being really honest to myself. Because I think even though I love being boiled, the rest of that album, it's in a position of in- innovation. You know, it's looking, it's looking to the future right. and, and very influential in its own way. And yet, Dare is probably a more inspired album. Yeah, Dare yeah. was a definite honorable mention for me. Almost made my list, probably sixth or seventh me on too. my list. Yeah. 
they were actually playing at Cruel World when they had to evacuate everybody. Now, I was watching Iggy Pop. They didn't come back the next night. So I've got a goal to see Human League. I want to see Human League so badly. I didn't know they got cut off. I I didn't. And they will never disappoint in my view. I mean, there's like, if you like, what you like is Human League, what you get is Human League. It's not like, oh, I wish. There's no, oh, I wish. You get it. You get it. Yeah. I would say the same, by the way, of OMD, who I've also seen up close and personal. And, and by the way, Leia's on her covers album did a cover of uh, OMD messages. And I actually got the guys to give a shout out to her as I, as I was sort of, you know, backstage with them <laughs> doing that show. And they oh, really, cool. they, but they weren't just being polite. They really loved um, Rose Garden Funeral Party's cover. And it is yeah. exceptional. Um, but OMD also are, are just as, and I'm more of a fan of OMD now than I was then. Architecture and morality came close for me. So my number three is in the category of so <laughs> new oh, wave that it hurts. Visually, when you think about, you know, just new wave imagery, I mean, you think of Devo, you maybe, maybe you think of Dale Bosio, but you also think of that iconic new wave look with Flock of Seagulls where like score was standing behind his synth looking like his hair was going to take flight at any moment and paul reynolds on guitar with his big giant white rimmed glasses looking like he just stepped out of uh revenge the nerds audition i don't know so i'm going with their first album the self-titled i mean i think really you cannot go wrong with any of their first three albums every single one of them is just stacked with great songs But the first album just gets the nod for me because every single track is just this incredible, hooky, emotionally charged earworm from Modern Love is Automatic to Iran, Space Age Love Song, Telecommunication. to cover nightmares back in like the oh, early, early days yeah oh, me too yeah. you know what's really strange is that like flogger seagulls were not that big a success in britain at the same time as they were a huge success in the states Co- contemporary with that and uh, and what helped them in the states i i think if i recall correctly was that they had a film they had the songs in in big movies as well i saw them uh they were there when I played WFest. All these bands are going to crop up because WFest has all those bands, you know. And um, they were there playing just after me. They were so nice. Like, first of all, I see them backstage. And, that they, and they're just walking past me, the band, right? And I knew that we were going to be, ne- we were next to each other in the order of the show later. And they both, they literally turned around to me. We hadn't been introduced or anything. I'd never spoken to them. And they started singing Images of Heaven, which I thought was already pretty, su- pretty sweet of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then when I then I played just before they did, and when I came off, they were coming on, and they said, "Great show!" And, you know, they were so nice. You know, you can't buy that. You know, it's just that because I there were a lot of the other acts on were actually my friends. You know, the people I went to clubs with, and we all collaborated in some way with or something or other. But you know, I never had any contact with Flock of Seagulls because I think as soon as it started to happen for them, 
you know, they, they made it, to, they went to the States, right? I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. And yeah. did so well. And yeah. they, you're right, that album is full of, I don't know why people didn't grab it in the same way in England, but it's so full of strong songs. I mean, let alone, you know, with a very much that sort of futuristic, futurist sci-fi kind of sensibility, you know, as well. But, but anyway. Almost here it as a concept album of sorts. It's unified with this theme of basically life and love mm. in the mechanical world. I mean, space age love songs mm. essentially sums up the record. But, you know, I think, too, that it's such a synth driven record that a lot of times it's obscured or overlooked that it's a really great guitar yeah. record mm. as well. Totally. I mean, yeah. Paul Reynolds is just such an amazing guitarist. One of the most melodically and sonically inventive guitarists, I think, of, of any era. I, I just so. think the space where it lets your mind fill in the gap on mm. a lot of those songs and yeah. the guitar stuff is, is what's so cool. Yeah. Totally. Like gag me with a spoon. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon.
That's Beautiful Boy by Regeneration. Of course, our third lads this week, Peter Godwin and Leah Lane. You guys uh, want to say anything about the song? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like it? 
We love it. <laughs> um, we love it too. It's, um, I know it's Leia's favorite song on the album. I think I'm right in saying that. Am I not? Yes, it's my favorite song on the yeah. album. I mean, if, yeah, you had I mean if you had to choose, which you don't have to, but <laughs> as, it's you, as it's your album. <laughs> that song came from something that Leia said, and what she meant was many things, but it, basically not what you might think. So, you know, Beautiful Boy was something she would say to me, but it wasn't because I'm that beautiful, I don't think. Don't sell yourself short, Peter. No, 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 I know, I know. It sounds like fake humility. But the point I'm trying to make, honestly, is that it's about that thing that I think I do have, which is I have a kind of youthful attitude, a youthful energy, whatever the years roll by. You know, I don't change that much in the sort of energy I have towards music, towards love, towards life from when I was 17. And I once heard in an interview George Harrison, who sadly died rather young, but say the same thing when he was in his 50s. And so it's sort of that thing about, so there's something in the song that allows us as well to do something which you might get almost transgender in the sense that the lines could be sung by either of us, more or less, in a certain way. Yeah, it's a kind of a love song, but it's also, it's like every love song, It's it's a sort of philosophical song as well, in a way. I strum something out with some, you know, a, a kind of a, a little bit of a song with acoustic guitar. And Leia took that and created what you've just heard, which is something that I never would have expected. She produced it with the musicians and Dallas. I later added some, some guitar, uh, a, Watkins, a 1964 Watkins rapier that Leia gave me, which is a whole other story. She made it this beautiful, dreamy, ambiguous sort of darkness and light you know the song in a way has a kind of you know it has sort of almost a sort of pop sensibility and melodies but yet it has a kind of sadness there's a sort of tension between happiness and sadness i think in that song and i love it too for that reason and i love what leia did with it It would not have been if if it if it just gone on a peter godwin album you know sort of where it was where it started it would have not been the beautiful boy that it is you know (laughs) So uh, thank you, Leia. Thank you. Forever. Yes, thank you for letting me work on it. <laughs> I've always felt, ever since I began, and I remember saying this once to Leia, she'll remember this, that when Duncan and I started Metro, you know, before I say started because Sean joined a little bit later, but like one of the first things I remember on the early songs, one of which is already, you haven't heard it, on the Regeneration album. There is, an, there is a song Ooh. on there that was written by Duncan and I in 1974 and never demoed or ever recorded. But anyway, one of the things that we used to say was a little quote that I had, because I've been doing a kind of a thesis on American poetry. Ezra Pound, the American poet, said, make it new. And I love that. And that was always the thing. That was our critique. You know, if we thought, oh, that's like, no, but that's sounding too familiar. Unless, as in occasionally on the album, there's one song I can think of called Love Me Back, where we purposely, it's purposely naive and innocent. But generally, we're trying not to do dealing cliches, musical or lyrical. Somehow it worked. I don't know. It just worked. We found ways to keep all the, you know, the ambivalence. And let's face it, Beautiful Boy starts with a, a line that's highly philosophical, spiritual, right? Your face is telling me God is out there. It's not just, you know... I love you because your eyes are blue. You know, sometimes on one song, she took a song. It's called Four O'clock in the Morning, 
that I'd just thrown a little guitar demo on and she turned it into a metro track. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, that was the goal with it. I, I got into the studio with the session players and told them to listen to uh, Criminal World and Wild Places by Duncan Brown. I said, okay, yeah. and we are going to turn this song into those songs. <laughs> and, it, and it worked out. And the funny thing is uh, that I never would have done that, of course, at this point. And it works beautifully. And she added some beautiful music that is totally consistent with that feeling. And there is, I had, just because I tend to do that instinctively, done a sort of a kind of a riff on the guitar, the acoustic guitar. That, And even that, she, she picked it up as a sort of, it's a little bit of a signature of that music by Duncan and I, either together or separately. And she even picked that out and made it sort of more of a feature. You made sure it wasn't lost. Again, you know, this shows you kind of how unusual the journey is. Were we to make 20 more albums together, it would never be this album. This album took place in a, a, in a particular way with a particular energy. And Leah, coming not from the perspective of a collaborator, but as a Metro fan, that had to be almost a surreal experience for you, to, <laughs> you know, taking, taking Peter's song and essentially turning it into a, a song with a Metro feel or a new Metro song. I mean, that... How cool was that? I was making a new Metro song. Oh, dude, it was just, it was so satisfying. I was like, because I, I, you know, I crave more of that band and there's so little of that band. So being able to, okay, no pun intended, regenerate Metro ah. was, <laughs> was, uh, was really cool. It was really cool. And, you know, we have a group chat. We used to call it the secret Peter Godwin album group chat. It was a group chat that Peter wasn't in, but was added to uh -huh. later. You see how they treat me. <laughs> I know. The young, young people of today, what can you do? No, know. no, no. So, so it, was, it was for us to discuss what we were doing, because yeah. I didn't like to tell Peter what I was going to do with his songs. I would always keep it a secret. Now, was that out of fear that he would say, no, 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 don't do it that way? Or, I mean, did you feel like you had the, the freedom to kind of do what you felt uh, serve the tracks back? Absolutely, I did. But I liked to keep it as a surprise for fun. I just want to say I absolutely wanted it that way. When Peter eventually joined the secret Peter Godwin group chat, uh, he, he saw in the back messages me going, no one give the demo of this song to Peter until it's done. Where no one showed uh. it. <laughs> because I was so excited because I knew, I knew that it sounded exactly like a Metro song. I knew it sounded exactly like a song that could have been on that first Metro album and just wasn't. It was the second song I worked on for Peter. And I was so excited to have it, you know, kind of perfect and then just deliver it to him and have him sit back at his flat niece and be knocked off his chair listening to his old band back at him. I just thought it, it was too wonderful of an opportunity. I mean, that is how it happened. It is beautiful and it is what it, what it did. It was extraordinary to me. Even with like, you know, the, what I said was our first song, uh, Candle of My Heart, that didn't end where I told the tale because I went back to her and said, that's already a great, nice song and everything. The arrangement's great. Now I had a whole other unexpected section like you get on Hey Jude at the end if you can think of something. Let's not stop there. And she came back with some amazing, just what I was dreaming of. And then I threw in some sort of vocal ideas to have sort of chanting a bit over that. And we had absolute trust and I absolutely wanted her. It is the album it is because I, I just said, you know, do whatever you like. Change the song if you like. Change anything. 
Do anything you want with it. And I didn't want to hear it until she was ready for me to hear it. I absolutely didn't want yeah. to. And when I did, well, there's maybe one exception where we, we jointly struggled a little bit with one track, as you might do with an arrangement. But really, 99% of the album, let's say, the way it is, is, is the way it came back at me. And I might have just been inspired by that occasionally and added a little thing here or there. But the freedom that she had made it the album it is. And the freedom, and I obviously gave that freedom because I, I, I didn't want it to be a Peter Godwin album, you know? <laughs> Um, that's mm. something else. It wasn't. It was a you know layer and Peter album, uh, you know that later became Regeneration. It's special because of that. Very special. Not just that track. There are stories of like that of of every track. On the album. Well, everything you're telling us, we are so dang excited. We want this album now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're toying with an idea of giving it a limited release on, in on, in one one domain, just to see, just to tease people into showing their passion for it as a sort of a pre-tease cool. kind of thing. We're toying with that right now. All right. All right. We're at number two now, right? Okay. Yes. Well, Brett, you've got uh, two out of three. Two out of three. I know your top two. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, um, you know I'm going to pick B-52s. But which album? The first one? The second one? I'm picking 1983's Whammy, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> what? Because that's the time when they kind of like mixed up their signature sound, added some drum machines, those synthesizer, uh, synthesizers. I left the S off. Um, but I just remember, again, this is early MTV for me when, you know, Legal Tender came on. It was just fun. Song for a future generation. Don't worry, Yoko. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one, I, I remember they did a Yoko cover. They did. Don't worry. Yes, they covered. Yes. Don't they and, covered? Um, don't worry, you know, Kyoto. Mummy's only looking for your hand in the snow. Yes, they did. Wow, I have, I've got to hear that. It was only on the first pressing of the record, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so YouTube it, but okay. Everyone uh, knows the B fifty two. So and whammy, that's going to be my number two new wave album. I'm blown away. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to go with w one of the first two. Yes, but sometimes I throw a curveball. You do. Yeah. You really do. But I really do like <laughs> well, Miami, too. Yeah. Way to go, Shohei Otani. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, and for your sports fans, can you uh, please, uh, you know, explain who that is? Uh, he's one of the few bright spots for the Angels right now. Yes. I knew that, but just in case. <laughs> American baseball. The Angels lost last night, right? Oh, yes, they did. They've dropped the first three to, to the stinking Astros. Yeah, I was, I, it was on in a bar I was at last night. So I was like, oh, I never yeah. watched baseball. Sorry about your loss. You Texans. <laughs> you Texans. Yeah, I, like I, tell you. I love that. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was a Diamondbacks fan for a long time, but then they just keep on. They're, they're finally winning when I stopped being their fan because they were just kind of phoning yeah. it in, cashing in the money, the, the TV money. Uh, so I went to be an Angels fan because Brett's my friend and I wanted to support him. And, uh, <laughs> but we're still doing well. And I don't care about sports as much as to be loyal to anything. So, um, well, yeah, whatever. I've been an Angel fan since I was like five years old, and so I have learned to live with a lot of disappointment. Well, be a, be a Diamondbacks fan. So. Yeah, be a Cowboys <laughs> fan. <laughs> hey, just a, hey just, a, just a moment, guys. Be an English soccer fan. 
<laughs> oh yes. How many times? England's coming back, you know, <laughs> three lions. <laughs> oh no, not quite. Not this year, Gunga dear. No, no. <laughs> just keep hanging in there. Okay. Just keep hanging in. Yeah. Leah's next. Oh, okay. So now we get into uh, more universally accepted choices. So hooray. <laughs> um Quiet Life by Japan. Amen. I'm a- I'm a massive David Sylvian fan. I'm almost on the level that I am a Brian Ferry fan. For me, my my holy trinity is Brian Ferry, David Bowie, and David Sylvian. It's a tough choice between Gentlemen Take Polaroids and and Quiet Life, but in my opinion, Quiet Life is just has better songwriting, more coherent songwriting. And and like I said, I'm in this phase with my life. <laughs> I don't I don't like it when you know I have to think too hard because I guess maybe because I'm stressed out all the time. But I I love the pop sensibility of Quiet Life mixed with you know David Sylvian and Mick Karn's kind of affinity for this avant rock angle. Everybody likes Quiet Life. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like I have to argue for this record. No. And Leah, you said you're no. 25. Yes, I'm 25. So you you were born in 97 or 98? 97. 97. Okay, so um, you talk about being a Cowboys fan. Super Bowl 30 <laughs> was the last one they won, and that was in I 96. I, I, I was I was at a concert. We were doing a big thing. I worked in radio, so we were doing a big thing right next to where the Super Bowl was being played. That's how I remember that. But you, stress at 25. I mean. It only gets worse, so you have to figure out a way. I'm glad that you're working it through music. I've heard that my 30s will be a lot easier, and I I think that that'll probably be true. But yeah, because you don't care, you don't care about other people's opinions. You say <laughs> blow it out your ass, and then that's where you go from there. Peter will tell you. Okay. I feel a little bit sometimes like I'm like a chicken running around with my head cut off. But I actually I think I have. Um, a better grip on things than, than most people my age. I, I I owe that fully to uh, my faith and, and my many books of philosophy. And you definitely have better musical taste than yes. just about anybody your age. We'll you say. haven't seen my Yacht Rock record collection. So no, I right. like that too. No, 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 no. I, I, listen, I listen, I do the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I might have to pass on the Yacht Rock. Hey, but, man, uh, there's some really good right. stuff in it. You're going to tell me you don't like Steely Dan? It's just really good making love music, Brett. I mean, it really is. Bring it into your world. Okay, bring so it here's, into your world. <laughs> here, here's what a a record nerd I am. So, <laughs> I have every single Steely Dan record. I have every single Donald Fagan. They're record. so bad. His solo records are so bad. And, and I will still say, even with knowing all that, I'm not a Steely Dan fan. I've tried. I've tried. Hey, you know what, man? That's all I can ask of you. Yes. <laughs> is yes. that you Thank try. <laughs> I do dig Peg, though. That is my yeah, jam. Well, do you want to know why you love that song? It's because Michael McDonald's it, on it. Because he uh, makes everything gold. Actually, I love it because De La Soul sampled it, honestly. But, oh, But that okay. kind of, you know, made me go, oh, yeah, you know what? This is a groove. Okay. All right. Well, Michael McDonald, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything he touches turns to gold. Like he, I'm wearing a Michael McDonald shirt right now. Are you really? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you know, you're not on camera right now, so you keep, but we have to believe you. Uh, yeah. And everyone listening to this right now will have to believe me. Leah Lane from Rose Garden Funeral Party 
favorite solo artist is Michael McDonald. My brother-in-law <laughs> often gets mistaken for Michael McDonald. Is that so? Like, really? like, does he really? Oh yeah, he when he's grown his hair out longer now, but when he had kind of like the feather cut and shorter hair, he would go to like ball games and stuff and people would be looking at him and then mm-hmm. they would ask him. So yeah, he gets mistaken for him all the time. Oh yeah, that's awesome. He was, the funny thing is, I remember that the time when this, this music was coming out, you could love all of that. Like, you could love things that don't seem to belong together, and you could. And I mean, I must admit that sometimes there are some artists, though, where I like certain songs, if you know what I mean. It's like, I don't yeah. like their whole body of work, you know? I like, there are some, but some songs of Steely Dance really, you know, um, you know really, really touch me. But then others I wouldn't give you, you know time of day for so you yeah. know there are artists like that you know where they occasionally but i i, I completely get why Lair likes uh, that man michael because what a voice you know it's just like one of those beautiful voices you know I mean, if True. you've ever listened to his he did two motown cover records i don't need anything other than that i could just listen to that and his first two solo albums self-titled one and then uh and um no turning back like those albums Changed my life, man. <laughs> ya, ya mo be yeah, there, right? Wait, yeah, 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 that song's that, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've got that, and that was really where I thought this that's where it really switched on for me is the fact that I already had heard him on loads of things. But when I heard that, I thought you even put him up against someone like James Ingram, who's also, you know, a, a kind of beautiful voice. He just kind of blows it away, doesn't he? I mean, and it's, a, and it's an amazing record. I love how they handle the ending of that song with them riffing back and forth. Right. And you can hear just like they, both their voices just really shine. And so it's just, that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Literally everything Michael McDonald does is great. Uh. I, <laughs> cue the nervous laughter. Everyone like sweating bullets. No, 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 that's I cool. I, that's cool. You can, this is, let's, I just want to say one little philosophical thing here, which is that we live in Spotify, YouTube for all its faults and lack of revenue. We live in this age where actually not only Leia, but thankfully so many people are having eclectic music tastes and they don't have to just like a style of music that suits a style of clothes, you know, or a right, style of right. attitudes. They can like diverse music because great music often has within it diversity, as in Sergeant Pepper, right? That being said, we will ask you to leave your goth card at the door. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let the doorknob hit you in the, I won't say, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see, I, th- I think we're at uh, your number two, Peter. Okay, well, my number two is the idiot, Iggy Pop. Game was one that was played to death in Bowie nights at the Blitz, um, you know, nightclub in Sister Midnight, China Girl. But I already liked Iggy. I discovered Iggy as a kind of whatever, kind of, you know, in a sense, a sort of proto-punk act with the Iggy and Suja's albums. And I loved um, when Bowie got involved, you know, on um, Give Me Danger, Little Strange, Your Raw Power. 
that really caught my attention. But then when they both went to Berlin and started making really kind of, you know, exciting, fresh sounding music, you know, and then you've still got Iggy's voice, you know. And I love it when um, people often sort of, people say to me, oh, what song do you like best on Let's Dance? Thinking I'm going to say, oh, I like Criminal World, you know. And actually yeah. I, like, I like China Girl. And why do I like China Girl? Because I like both versions. And the China Girl on The Idiot is centered around the line, I'll ruin everything you are, right? And the China Girl on the Bowie, the, the cute and tender version is just you shut your mouth. But, you know, in a, yeah. in a cute way. Just shut your mouth. She says, just you shut your mouth. And, uh, you know, but Iggy's dark. And, and I often get that thing about uh, the, the, you know, the Metro version, say, of Criminal World versus the, let's, you know, the Bowie version. And I say, I, not only because it's Bowie doing it, I like what he did with it because he suddenly made it more pop, more major key. He kept things like the chords in the middle that I never would have dreamt he would have kept but um, didn't keep the six, eight time kind of craziness at the end, but that's good too. Right. But, but he made it something fresh and pop and kind of, you know, and brought out the riff and made it chiming and, you know, and, and that album again, like a lot of Bowie albums, it was done in like 17 days, you know, start to finish, you know, just banged it out. Going back to Iggy, I think I understand why Bowie was such a champion of Iggy. Um, and I understand why reputedly he put you know, Iggy songs on his albums to help Iggy financially, you know, um, yeah, good definitely. on him. But, you know, nobody's got a, I, I happen to like baritone, rich baritone voices. They, they've influenced me a lot. You know, I like, uh, you know, um, Scott Walker, Scott Engels of the, of the Walker Brothers. I like Iggy. I like those kind of rich, um, I even like Sinatra for the, for kind of for that reason. You know, there's something about yeah. that, that sound that I like. And uh, we've even used a little bit of that on our album, just to give it another little plug there. But where, where, where I'm singing an octave under layer and it creates, and she's already singing in a male key, and it creates something that I happen to like. But I think that, you know, going back to why it's, why it's New Wave, for me it's New Wave because it was part of the New Wave scene and it was so influential and all the bands that, you know, had new wave hits in the 80s, the Ultra Voxes and, and so forth and Visage and all that, all loved that album and, and just, you know, and even the themes, you know, and it's European again. A Metro, our thing was just like you have America in America. We don't have to copy America, even though we love the music. We can be European right. because we live in Europe and, you know, most kids in Europe, you live, grow up in London like I did. You'll go to Italy or France or something for your holidays. It's your continent. It's your backyard. It's not that far away. Um, mm. As Leia just discovered, you know, I think in a way when she was touring Europe and, you know, it's like that's a whole other continent. But with all these different cultures, as you, as you slide, you know, go from one country to the next and all that that could influence you. And that, again, was a brilliant thing that, of Iggy and Bowie landing in Berlin, you know, when nobody was talking about Berlin, it had always been an art center. And when it, I went there, when it was in, in the middle of East Germany, you had to go through East Germany to get to wow. Berlin. And you went from, you know, sitting in a place where the, you, look, you, look, you thought there were kind of people that were going to arrest you looking at you while you ate your cold food that they give you in the, in the, in the sort of service station. Or, and then you get to Berlin and it's full of art and bohemia and, you know, like, vibes you know and that was even then so a few years later 
Iggy and Bowie landing there, they did something, you know, and they picked up on that German music that nobody was, you know, giving credit to German music, but Bowie did with Low and with Heroes, of course. The Idiot is part of that. It's part of that and sort of getting it, you know, they're listening to all sorts of things, Tangerine Jean, Kraftwerk, of course, like Dusseldorf, Einstutz and the Neubauern, avant-garde pop, and they're, they're re-channeling it for, for our pleasure. So it's my number two. Fantastic. Okay, so for my number two, in the category of feel-good new wave, it's the second full-length by Glaswegian Heroes Altered Images called Pinky Blue from 1982. So if you look at the three albums that they did in the 80s, you look at the covers alone, their first album, Happy Birthday, you know, you look at the cover and it's like the punky misfits who crashed the party. And the music contained therein was spiky post-punk. Their third and final album of the 80s, an album called Bite, is black and white, shows Claire Grogan looking very glamorous, kind of a starlet like Audrey Hepburn. And the songs are similarly stylish and sophisticated. But Pinky Blue, the album right in the middle, just screams fun new wave pop. From the striking pink lettering on the bright blue background and the band looking like they had just stepped off the set of square pegs or something. And musically, that's just what you get. They shed all of the Susie-esque ambitions of the first album. This is another one that's that's brilliantly produced by Martin Rushant. It's just an album full of fun, chirpy, bouncy pop music. See Those Eyes, Forgotten Little Brown Head, See You Later, Funny Funny Me, and of course the brilliant single, I Could Be Happy. single dang one of these tracks would be alternative radio staples in my perfect little world one of my favorites so number two altered images inky blue she's also out there she also played a uh, w fest the um oh i wish she would come over here yeah yeah she also played w i fest. would love to see yeah Claire. yeah she's she can it's amazing because she the, the, it traded on her youth and, and even her persona in 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 her film roles and things a little bit and, yeah. and and yet she can still kind of charm and take the audience there. You know? She's marvelous. We got to take another break. And then we'll be back with our number one new wave album of the O3L era. So stick around.
was a particular favorite from today's guest, Leah Lane and Rose Garden Funeral Party from their 2018 EP, The Chopping Block. That was ill and getting worse. Only three lads will be right back. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. From the era that brought you Where's the Beef? Where's the Beef? And Max Headroom. This is Max Headroom. And what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros. Buckle up and experience only three lads. From 1974 to 1999, we're lucky enough to have Peter Godwin and Leah Lane of Regeneration as our third lads this week. Our top five New Wave albums. And Brett, um, we've been doing this podcast for such a long time. Peter and Leah have been gracious with their time. Um, My eyes are like fishing bobbers right now. (laughs) I have to pee so bad. So tell everyone my number one new wave album. If I get this wrong, (laughs) so I'll tell you the two that I had left over because I got one of yours wrong, right? Right. Split ends, you got wrong. So it's either going to be The Cars, which I think it's going to be their first album, or it's going to be Duran Duran's first album. Okay, so which one do you want to go with? You got 50-50. I'm going to go with The Cars. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, sir. That's the one I picked. So four out of five. How predictable am I? (laughs) Pretty boring, huh, Leah? So um, there you go. Yeah, that's my list. I was going to put that Cars record on my list too, but then I got too uh, excited about talking about some more controversial opinions. Honestly, I think that Cars album and the Cars in general are, you know, a great act and often kind of, you know, just sort of assumed to be there and therefore overlooked. I love them from the get-go. Um, great songs. Yeah, cool choice, yeah. And that's why five is not enough. Five is not enough, you know. That it is true. <laughs> we do this all the time, yes. We struggle. And speaking of struggling, Greg, well, while Leah gives hers, you want to run down the hall? Yeah, I am going so, to. So you yeah. talk so much right. yourself. That's, that's probably a good idea. Yes. Yeah. We don't want any accidents. Yeah, yeah, my bladder, it's like a quarter. And right now it's at like, you know, a 50 cent piece. So I better go. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Leah, big number one. Uh, I don't know how much I like classify this like exclusively as a, as a new wave record, but to me, it is one of the absolute best albums of the 80s. And I think it redefined music going forward from this album. I don't think this album was made before it, it was made, and I don't think it could ever be recreated. Uh, although, you know, for a while, I think he tried. But uh, so my top pick is Avalon by Roxy Music. Wow, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that Brian Ferry really, you know, he never really lost the Avalon spirit in any of his, you know, records that kind of came afterwards. He never really strayed too far away from what Avalon was. But Avalon, yep. you know, stands as a massive turning point uh, in music for me. And um, I think historically as well. And, you know, it really, there was nothing like Avalon before it came out. I've looked so much. <laughs> I've looked for more records like Avalon until I can't look anymore. There is no other Avalon. I think it was it was a massive influence on a lot of the new wave and 80s soft pop which is my favorite that kind of came afterwards it, it was a it was a new standard and and kind of a new rule book for kind of avant-garde soft pop and rock so yeah avalon classic that is a yeah i mean it, I, it's a beautiful choice and i know exactly what where Leia's coming from in the sense that it sort of deserves to, if we're talking about new wave music with the broad category that we know that to be, from just things that we've said today, you know, it's a pity not to include Avalon because Avalon is an exceptional, unrepeatable album, as, as Lair says. And Roxy Music are an extraordinary act that had made extraordinary music before that. But that for that to be their swan song, um, yeah. it, you know, to leave it at that. And I know what, what Lair said is completely true, of course, that... Brian, read right up to the work he's done more recently, like Olympia with my mate um, Johnson Somerset. He's uh, he's never let go entirely of Avalon, you know. And there's even more, and there's you know things that are sort of going in that direction, but nothing is Avalon. Boys and girls might as well be Avalon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aesthetic is there for sure. Well, I mean, it's, also just, it's, it's extremely similar in its production value and its lyrical content and, you know, it's, it's very similar. Even so, the Avalon stands alone, you know what I mean? It's just sort of got, it's that collection of songs of, and, and he, he discovered something that he was working on leading up to that, I think, especially that I would attribute to Ferry, even though they Roxy were a band, you know, and that is a way to, and that's because I have a little bit of inside knowledge from knowing somebody who's, you know, producer you know been a co-producer on, on his albums his solo albums and that is his the way in which he puts together what nobody else can put together the textures and the, the atmospheres that alone let alone the fact you've also got i think you've got the one of the most refined moments in brian's voice on avalon he suddenly goes from you know doing his you know his kind of quirk where he began with the quirk of it and the attitude of it. Ooh, what's a method? You know, it's a, you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what's the thing? And all that. He's suddenly now, he's, he's lyrical. He's sort of smoothed that out, but he hasn't lost his irony. He hasn't lost uh, his, his individualism of expression, but he's sort of, it's like a, the apogee, you know, it's like, it's the perfection of his vocal approach as well. So you're getting a lot of value on the Avalon album. You're getting a lot of things happening at their peak. And it's true that he's made amazing music as a solo artist since, definitely, for my money. But Avalon stands yes. alone, and uh, I think it's a great choice. 
to get, do honour and, and Roxy Music shouldn't really be absent of any discussion about what is known as New Wave. And what's crazy, Agreed. that album that we guys were just talking about, it just turned 41 years old like last yeah, week. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I know, that's what's wow. so crazy. And it's still timeless. Yeah, That's what's great about it. Great pick. I'm glad it did it in the conversation. I mean, it's no Pablo Cruz, but I mean, come on, what is? <laughs> All right, number one for you, Peter. Well, and I've kind of almost kind of let the cat out of the bag already, but number one for me is Heroes by Bowie, by David Bowie. I mean, the guitar playing on that, you know, the experiment with guitar, which was part of what New Wave was, when instead of just three chords, you start having Adrian Ballou and, and Fripp doing new things with guitars, you know, and yet not only with guitars, because also there's like synth instrumental music on there, you know, that isn't the Floyd, you know, and uh, is something different. Um, it, uh, low low is... is ex- is good too, uh, you know, as uh, they're kind of like a pair, but Heroes has got also, it's got Heroes on it for a start, right? And that was, that's yep. like a sort of a seminal, I don't know, anthem. It's an anthem really for the whole Blitzkid generation Heroes. Oh, we can be heroes Just for one day And it was treated that way over and over again, you know, and everybody will refer to heroes, you know, heroes of self-expression, heroes of individuality. It was all about that, you know, and yet, you know, he throws up the imagery of, of a divided you know, Berlin Wall and the whole. It's so rich, that track, but also that album, you know, and it's, it, it's, yeah. it's edgy, it's risk taking and it's got Bowie's extraordinary voice in the heart of it, selling it all, you know, and making you believe. And I think it's a huge influence on, on music followed in all sorts of ways. Here, here. Excellent. All right, Greg, you want to tell everybody what my number one is going to be? Um, I'm going to let you tell it. I probably would be wrong. Well, I, I, I have an idea. <laughs> now, which one will it be? Yes, of course, it's going to be Elvis Costello. Oh, and, well. Oh, am, am I wrong? You're right. I was no, gonna, you're, I you're, figured, you're right. I figured. You're right. Yes. You're right. 1977 I mean, album, right? It's 78. Uh, no, it's not. My aim is true. It's oh. 1978. Yeah, I'm going with this year's model. Okay. I mean, everybody who's listened to this show knows that I'm an Elvis fanboy. So, you know, I yes, I got to do it. This to me is the quintessential new wave album. It's the record that captures the passion and fury of punk rock, but it isn't punk. It's too thorny and biting to be pop. It's brainy, but it's not impenetrable. It's too musically explosive. It's the sound of Elvis gelling with his new band, The Attractions. It's an album to whose acerbic wit, brilliant wordplay, and nervous energy hundreds, thousands maybe, of skinny tie new wave bands aspired. It grabs you from the opening lines of no action and rarely lets you up for air. I mean, just the way it pummels you in succession with this year's girl, the beat, pump it up. And then you get to, I don't want to go to Chelsea. Yeah. Lipstick Vogue, which is one of the most ferocious songs ever laid down on wax. And the scathing, at least on the American version of the record, radio, radio. I know I've sung the uh, praises of this record on countless occasions, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But number one for me, this year's model, Elvis. 
great think, list. Great list. Great list. And I think that's a, a, also like a brave and interesting choice because again, I know it's, some people just they just bypass Elvis Costello. You know, you know, yeah. they kind of just step to one side. There's something they hear they don't like, and then they don't go further. Obviously, I, I saw him coming in with Stiff and. You know, and you could see it was a step. It was a step away. As you, everything you said, you said it very eloquently and, and very rightly with that album. But even with Alison, even though I understand why you didn't choose "My Aim Is True," but "My Aim Is True" also was like, you know, suddenly you got a song like Alison on a on a punk sensibility album. That's brave. Yes, bravery was one of the hallmarks of New Wave. You know, All right, let's go down our list because I know that uh, Peter and Leah, unlike us, Brett, they have lives and they've been very <laughs> gracious with their time. But we need to get down our list. So our top five new wave albums for me. Number five, Missing Person Spring Session M at number four, Blondie Parallel Lines. Number three, Split Ends Pure, excuse me, True Colors uh, at number two, B-52's Whammy. And at number one for me, The Cars. Okay, so I'm going to have to toggle back and forth. Um, so the first one that I mentioned was uh, Lovemongers by uh, Furniture, I think. Yes. And then, because I kind of diverted from my original list. Okay, cool. And then uh, the second one I mentioned was probably Primitive Man. And then it was the Sparks album, Terminal and then quiet life and then avalon right all right all right you are yep, correct that was it okay cool <laughs> <laughs> i kicked off with marky moon by television then uh, systems of romance by ultravox and I, I i kind of hedged between travelogue by the human league and dare and probably came down on dare in an act of honesty and then I went for The Idiot by Mr. Iggy Pop, and finally Heroes by that David Bowie guy. That David Bowie guy. <laughs> and uh, recapping my list, I had number five, Martha and the Muffins, This is the Ice Age. Number four was Plastics, Welcome Plastics. Number three, Flock Seagull, Self-Titled. Number two, Altered Images, Pinky Blue. And number one, Elvis Costello, This Year's Model. And there's Jim Bob! <laughs> hey! There's Jim Bob! Hello. Hi, Jim Bob. Okay. Hi. All right. Um, so we are now going to hit our randomizer. That's correct. Peter and Leah, if you can just shout out at any time, stop. Okay, what is this? Okay. It's just we pick our next uh, subject, our top five list. Stop! All right. <laughs> See how in tune they are? Yeah. Same exact time. <laughs> the, the space, everything was perfect. Wow, you guys need, after this first album, the follow-up. We got to get that too. All right, Greg. Yes, sir. Next, how about top five Manchester albums? Ooh, Manchester albums. Peter, do you have one? Uh, one Manchester album? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the um, Smiths' first album, for right. sure. That'd be a good one. I think the Verve, but that's not, uh, but that's out of right. your scale. That's out of your. No, no. that's that's completely Is it within? within. Good pick. We cover basically the last quarter century <laughs> or quarter, uh, quarter century. Yeah. No, 25 years. Quarter, quarter century. century, Greg. I know. Yeah. No, you did your math, I know. right? Don't, don't rely on us for math. Yes. <laughs> okay. Please. <laughs> All right. Peter Godwin, a legend. Leah Lane, a future legend. <laughs> no, legend now. Are you kidding? All right. Yes. Okay. We'll I'll you. go well, with future legend. Yeah. Well, if she, she hasn't seen the Cowboys win in her lifetime. 
It was January 28th, 1996, the last time they won, but it's coming. <laughs> I swear, Leah, it's, it should be coming. Personally, I've really enjoyed delving into your catalog, Leah. I think you're a phenomenal artist. Oh, thank you. You know, it's easy to make lazy comparisons, Susie and Morrissey, et cetera. But I also hear a lot of like 80s rock power in your voice, too. Yeah. And I don't know if you get that a lot, but. Yeah, I grew up on Pet Benatar, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I hear that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have thoroughly enjoyed having you today. Thank you so much for the generosity in your time, the memories. We are really looking forward to more regeneration music to come. The glimpse that we have of the Regeneration album in Beautiful Boy, it's an absolute stunner. So we really look forward to hearing more. We'll certainly put you in, in some kind of uh, VIP um, position on that. <laughs> All right. We're in the liner notes. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not take it that far, Greg. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't push your luck. Just don't push your luck. There. Hey, you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. <laughs> what can I say? Thanks for inviting us indulging us being patient with our uh, our ramblings and our uh, exposés of our strange and wondrous processes <laughs> and uh, we love and it was uh, it was all cool from our side thank you so much um and thank uh, you it has been look a thrill. forward to seeing you again all right thanks guys and, and, by, and by the way i will just say i'd also like to be a future legend rather than just a legend well, you're okay. current. Yeah, I know. No, and I see. Current, I want to. Yes. I want to think ahead. <laughs> current and future. Like, yeah. Always I looking like forward. We appreciate you know that I'm... about you, Peter. <laughs> and on that note, we will wave hello and say yes. goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. I think we go. Bye. Bye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.